A new year is full of surprises, but one thing is always predictable. Postage costs go up. Stamps.com gives you crazy discounts of up to 89% off USPS and UPS services. So when postage goes up, your business will barely notice the change. Stamps.com is like your own personal post office, wherever you are. You can even take care of orders on the go with the mobile app. No lines, no traffic, no waiting. Schedule package pickups, automatically find the cheapest and fastest shipping options, and seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. There's even a supply store where you can stock up on mailing supplies, labels, even printers. Stamps.com has been indispensable for over 1 million businesses just like yours. All you need is a computer or phone and printer. Take a chunk out of your mailing and shipping costs this year with Stamps.com. Sign up with promo code PROGRAM for a special offer that includes a four-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com code PROGRAM. How you doing, legends? Welcome in to my first Big Bash Supercoach video. I know a lot of you have been asking for it. I'm super excited for the season ahead. It is a slightly condensed season to what it has been in the past, which I think is very exciting. It seems to be one of those leagues where it comes through into January. Everyone's really busy and they've watched a lot of cricket, especially with the test matches on as well. Australia being playing in those against Pakistan this year. So, you know, mixing that in, the Boxing Day test, plenty of Big Bash each and every day. Uh, gets a little bit too much and, and it's a little bit shorter this time which means it's going to be great for Big Bash Supercoach as well there's going to be nine rounds in it and it's going to be starting on the 7th of December there and then going all the way through to the 17th on the other end sorry the 14th on the other end of January which is really cool before it gets into the final series so I'm going to get into a few things in this video based around the schedule and obviously a little bit around scoring and how many of your guys actually count each and every round as well. And it's a little bit different to that of the NRL, uh, very similar to that of what we're seeing in the NBL Supercoach as well, if you're looking at that right now, is that there are teams that can play multiple games in a certain round, and we'll get into that very, very quickly. But firstly, I want to get into the prizes for the you know, the Big Bash Supercoach, which is really, really cool. If you come in first place, it's $25,000, which is absolutely incredible. So you can imagine there's going to be a lot less people playing in this one compared to that. In, of those guys playing in the NRL and in the AFL Supercoach and the like there. So a massive, massive prize, you know, half that of the NRL, but so many less people will be playing. 5,000 for second, 3,000 for third, and 1,000 for each of the next, uh, you know, eight prizes, nine, nine prizes, sorry, eight prizes there, sorry, all the way to 11th place, which is very, very cool. And there are, you know, 500 bucks up for grabs or 1,000 up for grabs each and every week if you happen to win the round, which is very, very exciting on that front there. So what you see is you have 11 players available to, to be used and their score taken from them there in our starting lineup. So one wicket keeper, you have five batsmen and five bowlers with a couple of emergencies for the batsmen and the bowlers each and one for the wicket keeper. So how this is going to work, guys, I'll jump up my little notes that I popped together here, is for each section there, you have the ability to use three emergencies on your bench. So if your wicketkeeper doesn't play, you have to have an emergency from your wicketkeeping position to be able to cover that. So if there's a laid out, there's an injury in the warm-up, something like that, then that's uh, where that man is going to come from. Very much similar in the batting. If you have a batter that's out, a batter on your emergencies has to be selected in that one there. 
The main issue you see here is you can only select three emergencies. So you have five slots for emergencies. Three of them can be selected to play. The other two guys have no chance of coming onto your field at all. Question asked, if you have a wicketkeeper that doesn't play and you haven't selected an emergency on the bench or you don't have someone that's available to play, maybe they've been dropped or something like that, you will receive no points for that wicketkeeping position. Very similar to that in the batsman and also the bowler section as well. They will not be counted unless they have the reserve tag on them. None of those reserves, emergencies, get any points unless they become used as an auto emergency. So keep that in mind when you're looking at making your squad. We've got plenty of time available, just less than two months until round one. So there's plenty of study to be done. This one will be around, as I said, the schedule and a little bit around the point scoring and the prizes. And next videos, we'll get into some strategy around the types of teams to be looking at each and every round. So we'll just overview it in this one and then really get into the nuts and bolts and the strategy going forward. So what a hip hop tea, as I said, the three emergencies there have to be in the same position. No emergency score is added if there. And if there are two emergencies available in any single position, but only one is required, then the lowest scoring of the two is added. If you have two emergencies in there and you have two guys out, so two emergency batters, two guys that don't play in your batsman, they will then come in. Both of those guys will come in. If there's only one that is uh, that is out, you take the lowest score from that uh, position there, which is awesome. Uh, obviously, yeah, it gives you something at least, which is um, very much needed, that's for sure. So yeah, the big thing with the with the rounds here is is round one. There's actually seven matches, so they get things going in a lot of games really quickly between December seven to December thirteen, and then from there you see it's usually about a four day uh, lot of matches there, and it's four matches in every round apart from round seven there from January six to January ten, where they have five matches. So this round one I think is super important and. There are teams here that play multiple matches. There's even one team in the heat that plays three matches in that first round, which I think is absolutely incredible. And just looking at that in itself, you know, Heat play three games there. And you've got the Stars, the Sixers, Renegades, and Scorchers. They have two games. And then the other three teams have one game. So if you're looking at that round one, it's going to be really important to have at least a few players from the Heat. And I would be suggesting for you to captain one of those guys. Michael Nizer is someone that uh, stands out at the moment with how good he's hitting the ball and obviously he's bowling as well. Uh, but he has so many runs at the moment. And you'd imagine he gets an opportunity in the middle order and being able to bowl plenty of overs and give himself plenty of opportunity to score really well. And we'll get into that scoring system a little bit later in the video. But the Heat play three matches, super important there. Star Sixers, Renegades, Scorchers. So you'd like to fill your team in round one with a lot of these players, but you do need to look at round two and what can happen there. For example, the Stars, if you look into this further, which we'll get into in the next video, but Stars, I've written down here, they have that two games in the first round, and then they have zero in round two. So something to clearly look at there is that you're not overloading with too many Stars plays in that, because otherwise you're going to have to trade those guys out, most likely to field a good team in round two. So you're wanting to look at mixing your team with players that can do really well for you in round one, but obviously you can do well in round two also, when there is only four games. And that's something to look at. The Heat play three games in round one. They play one in round two, thankfully, but they play none in round three. So that makes it a little bit tough. Obviously, following that that first round is going to be awesome for them. But then do you really want to own Heat players for the next five rounds? Because they have four games in the next five rounds in total, where other teams are a little bit better. So maybe it's not overloading with Heat players, but maybe it's getting a couple in there. Um, and as I said, we'll delve into that a little bit further. 
as we get into things in that one. But yeah, definitely something to know the round one, especially to, you know, for your love of, uh, of playing the game. And if you have a really good round one and you have a good ranking in that first round, much more likely that you're going to continue playing the rest of the way and obviously give yourself a great chance to play for prizes. And it also, guys, I'll get into a bit of a, I'll get a league together, a head-to-head league and also an overall league, which will be really exciting um, to follow things around and give us all a little bit more to play for. That's for sure there. So as I said, four matches, everything else except for round seven there. And we'll get into that a little bit more um, in, in the next video there where I, where I really delve into sort of, you know, some of the best players to select with the bat and why I think, in my personal opinion, the bowlers are much, uh, you know, a, a much better way of going about this, spending a little bit more on the bowlers just due to, due to consistency than that of weaker keepers or batsmen there. Uh, but as I said, we'll get into that a little bit further in the next one. So round one, super important just because there's extra games and you want to get as many points as possible. So rounds one and two, the best teams are the Heat has the four games, Sixers, Renegades, and Scorchers have three. So I've blocked it into you know, rounds one and two just because there's so many games. Then rounds three to five, and then we have rounds six to nine so to finish things out for the season as, as some of the best games. So all other teams have two games in that first two rounds, which is sweet. Uh, so really not missing out too heavily if you don't, uh, you know, if, if you do spread things out. And, you know, not have too many from Heat Sixes, Renegade Scorchers. If you have a couple from the other teams, you're not missing out too much in that one. For rounds three to five, the Stars have five games. So they're in this first slot of having two games in the first two. But they're really a team to target in that next three rounds there. So they have the five. Renegades and Thunder have the four games. And you look here, Scorchers have one game during this three-round period. So they're solid in that first two, having three games. And they have one in that next three. And you'll see here in the last four, they have six games. So each team has a little bit of a run where their players in your team are going to be really, really important. So Stars 5, Renegades 4, Thunder 4 in that one. And some of the worst teams include the Scorchers for one, Heat for two, and Strikers for two games. So completely makes sense. Heat have the most games in the first two. The next three, they have the second lowest with only two games there. So yeah, really rounding out your team and just knowing what's coming ahead is going to be super important for you to do well in BBL Supercoach this season. So we get into round six and nine best teams. So Scorchers have the six games, so only the four in the first five rounds, and then six in the last four. So really, really um, you know, get things going from there. They have two, two rounds in a row with zero games. So they're absolutely terrible to own in that midsection. Strikers have the five games to finish, and Hurricanes also have the five. So two teams as well. That uh, like, okay, throughout the, the beginning of the season, the Strikers have, yeah, three in the first two, they have zero in the next one, 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 and then they have a nice, um, you know, solid amount of games of five in that last four. Hurricanes are very, very similar to that of Thunder, and they have a lot of just rounds with one game, so, you know, if you do own them, you're not absolutely missing out. Um, the Hurricanes are the only team that doesn't have a week where they miss a game, so a, a team that are very solid to kind of own, you know, one to two players throughout the whole season and not have to change too much in that one. Uh, and so, yeah, six, five, and five. And then the worst two teams are Stars and the Renegades, who have three. So you can see here, these this middle section and the last section, there is a bi big discrepancy between the teams that have the highest amount of games and the lowest compared to that in round one, round one and two, with Heat having four and the worst being two, with most teams either two or three in that one. So, yeah, really important, I think, to get a good start, potentially being you know using your trades and using a boost in that next you know section of games could be really important to set yourself up for that middle three to four rounds 
and then you know potentially having a boost again to, to lock in some some scorches some strikers and some hurricanes in the last four rounds so you know really thinking unless you have an absolute shocker in round one or you load up in heat players and want to use a boost in that one so it could be after round one that you use that one i then think coming into round three or four would be a good time to use a boost and then as i said round sort of six uh, would be great as well to use another boost there um, you know, if, if, if they happen to to come available for you during that period there so just looking at a quick look at the scoring here very similar to that of last year every run you get is a point strike rate bonus so something i'll get to in a little bit more detail in the next video is just the amount of people actually getting into these zones so you know scoring over 120 so you know, 120 per 100 balls there in strike rate for those that aren't aren't too sure on that one is actually pretty hard to do. So you actually, you do have to score pretty well. And for the most part, if you are scoring 20 plus runs, which you need to get to get one of one of these bonuses, most likely you're going to be in a decent sort of strike rate of 120 to 130 there. Um, you know, guys that score in the 150 plus is very, very rare. Tim David is pretty, basically the only guy that's played a notable amount of matches that hits a 150 plus, which would get you into that 20 points. And you know, the guys that are scoring hundreds most likely are getting into this 130 plus range. And you can see here, even at 130, it's 10 points extra, which is not crazy. Scoring at 50, you get a, you get the 10 extra points in the batting. So this is where sometimes the consistency can't, isn't there as much for batters because we know that, you know, it's very hard to consistently get a 20, 30 plus, um, you know, in, in the batting department. And if they had a runs bonus here, of a, sort of a 25 or 30 plus for five points, I think that would even things out a little bit as well. But um, yeah, that's that. Moving to the bowlers and 20 per wicket's obviously helpful. Every three wickets, you get 10 points, which is cool. So, you know, you'd say a threefer um, in in Big Bash would be pretty close to a 50. So they actually you know, get the 10 points on that, which is very fair. Main Nova doesn't happen often for 15 points. You get dot ball points, which is great. But you also lose points for um, any extra. So wides and no balls bowled. So you'd say for the most part, you'd bowl more dot balls than you would bowl extras. But yeah, that can happen um, sometimes. And then the economy rate. In this day and age, I think this needs to be changed a little bit. Obviously, super impressive to get a four or less, but that very rarely happens. You see under six sometimes, especially from some of these spinners or guys that get three or four wickets. So you can see with the bowling side of things, for those who take a bag full and you know, take that three for, they get the extra 10 points. They get 60 with the three wickets. That's 70 already. Any of the dot balls, so I'm likely to get a lot of dot balls in there. Get them up to 75 to 80. And then you pick up, um, yeah, those extra points there for, for an economy rate, which is awesome. So another 20 or so, um, if they happen to go six overs, you know, three for three for 20, something like that, you'll get a bunch of dot ball points. You get, uh, yeah, you get the, you get the 20 or 25 points extra for the economy rate. So you can see where that can really, you know, get up there, but there's also games where you're going to go for 40 off your four overs and, uh, you know, be lucky to get a wicket. So you might come out of it with zero if you bowl a bunch of extras and get pumped a bit. Uh, one or two dot balls, you might come out with a zero in that one, or you can seek a 20 for one wicket. But there's obviously going to be games as well where batters really struggle to, to pick up any points if they get out, you know, three or five, and, and these type of things happen pretty often in this one. Everything here, there's no uh, loss of points for a duck, which is imp which is helpful, you know. You're not sitting there going, please get one. Like, you just want them to go well in general. If they get zero, one, two, it's all about the same, which doesn't matter. Uh, and then you obviously got, you know, keepers that are important for, for catches, obviously, and, and stumpings, but... For the most part, this is, doesn't come into the game as much as it does in like a test match. You see like an Alex Carey get, you know, four or five catches in a test match where that very rarely happens. A lot of the catches are in the outfield. So if you've got one of your players that are in a, a really, you know, a position that becomes um, you know, very, very busy in terms of, of catches and, and uh, you know, potential for runouts and stuff as well out the deep, 
then that could be helpful to get that extra 10 or you know, 20 points potentially as well. So yeah, I just wanted to, to basically leave that here, I think, when we're looking at our squads and yeah, we can look into to different um, to different players and, and, and where they're at and stuff like that. And there's a lot of different guys that that uh, that do really well. So you see the wiki keepers are you know fairly low average kind of level. You got Josh Inglis there um, as a 57 average. You got Matt Short as a batter slash bowler. So a lot of the all rounders are going to be where you want to be looking at. These are there at 62.6, and then a bunch in the 50s. Whereas you look at into the bowling, there's a lot more players close to that 60 or above. Um, so that's where you can see some really good averages there. But you're also paying plenty of money to do that. So you know Jai Richardson there. The most expensive player in the game at two forty-seven thousand, and uh, yeah, the remaining salary you get for the entirety of the year is two million bucks. So, yeah, that's only nine nine players, you know, nine Jai Richardsons gets you there. So really, like, there's there's a decent amount of money out there. You can mix a bunch of these top guys with a, a bunch of the cheapies as well. So you're looking down the line at you know the most uh, the cheapest players there being the rookies at forty-two thousand. And then you've got a bunch of guys in the 60s to 70s range for guys that have been solid, like averaging 24, like uh, Ben Menenti or Pete Siddle or Swepson, yeah, averaging in the 20s there. Um, and then guys that have played a very limited amount of games in Cooper Connolly, sitting there at a 32.5 average last year, but priced at 70. So it's very easy to get some cheaper guys in here. Guys like Tambi Sanger, if he comes back and, and does a good job, you got Wildermuth and Presswidge, these type of guys in, in, in the heat who are playing three games to kick things off. If they happen to get an opportunity through injury or you know, Matt Kuhneman there at 104,000 there. So fairly easy to get a lot of these guys that are around that 100K. They're actually gonna do a solid job, get you 20, 30. And, and if you get them in the right week, uh, the right, right round there, you can get that double points and get a 50 or 60 like one of the expensive guys can do. So if you end up trading well and doing a good job on that front, you can you can do a really, really good job going forward. As I said, in the next one, we'll get re- we'll really get it, delve into you know guys you want to be targeting. We'll also look at uh, yeah certain um, positions you want to target as well uh, and utilize a little bit more chat around some trades. But we've got 49 days to go. Thank you for, if you are a new uh, follower of the channel, I appreciate you coming here. And if you are one of my NRL team, uh, then thank you for coming back. I appreciate you all and uh, we'll see you in the next video.